Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. In this series called By Design, Pastor Matt Smith acknowledges the longtime struggle to maintain healthy relationships and encourages us to examine God's original design for the way we see and live in relation to one another. All right, I'm about to preach for the fourth time in 24 hours, so y'all going to pray for my voice holds up a little bit. Welcome to Vintage Church. If tonight is your first time with us, my name is Matt. I get to be one of the pastors here at Vintage. Um, welcome to a place that uh, is full of people that is as imperfect as you, including the one standing on this platform. Amen. You can amen that. It won't offend me. Uh, Uh, I I just want to remind you that uh, this weekend, everything that has been given in all of our tithes and offerings, whether it be online or in the room, all day yesterday and all day today, every dime is going to be given for hurricane relief efforts on the coast. We're in the process of partnering with a couple churches, one in Newbern and one in the Wilmington-Leland area. And we're in the works of doing some uh, day trips, hopefully, maybe a couple-day weekend trips just to go down there. Um, They are going to need a lot of help for a really long time, and we're going to come alongside them. And so thank you for your willingness to give, because uh, this storm has affected greatly so many people uh, all across our state. But I've been reminded over the last couple days is there are people in this room that you were in a storm long before Florence showed up. Because that is life, amen? Amen. I'm convinced that probably you're in one of three places. In the middle of a storm, headed into the storm, or coming right out of the storm. It's a cheery sermon here on a Monday night, ain't it? (laughs) It's just reality. Somebody testify? Like, that's just life. I mean, you're either right. and, And what I know probably is there's some people within arm's length of you that may be going through the most difficult storm they've ever gone through in their entire lives. Like even as I'm speaking right now, some people are thinking, man, I'll take Florence compared to what I'm going through. Because like it's not just a physical devastation that you're experiencing. Like you got stuff that's, that's just ripping away at your spirit. Things that are so difficult that you're... You don't know how you're going to make it through. Like, I know that. Like, the, like, over this weekend, there'll be some 1,200 people that sit in this room between yesterday and today, which make the odds very high that there are multiple people scattered throughout this room that are trying to figure out how they're going to make it through what they're going through. And I'm just going to remind you, in case you weren't with us last week, and what we, what we learned last week is life is not difficult by design. Life is not difficult by design. The difficulty that you are going through is not a result of God's design. As a matter of fact, God's design was the exact opposite of difficult. The difficult life that you're trying to figure out was not one that he intended for you to have to deal with. That if you go back into the beginning, when God created all this stuff that we see, it was anything but difficult. Matter of fact, it was easy and it was very good that that I believe very deeply in my spirit that everything we see was created by God. Everything. Anybody other than my brother Tony believe that? Say amen. (laughs) 
Like everything that we see. And if you read into the creation story, it says God created all these things at the end of the creation. It was very, very good. And it was good by design. It was good by design. It was easy. It was so easy we only had one rule. It doesn't get much easier than that. Come on. See, life is not difficult by design. Life is difficult because of the disruption. See, there came a moment in creation when we, as humanity, rebelled against God and we broke His one rule. And when we did, it set out a disruption that has rippled all throughout history. And life is difficult because of the disruption. And the disruption was created by our disobedience. And that's why life is so hard for you, brother, sister. It's not difficult by design. It's difficult as a result of the disruption. That when we chose to be disobedient to God, it set a course of disruption in this planet. And the disruption, its immediate effect was it increased the difficulty of life for us. And our God looked down at us and he just, he, his heart is broken because he's thinking, I never wanted this for you. Like, I never wanted the pain and the struggle and the difficult and the hurt that you're experiencing. That's not what I wanted for you. But in your disobedience, you caused the disruption of my design. And now that disruption has created all this increase in difficulty. And so all the difficult things that we go through in life, you can trace them back. They're byproducts of the disruption of his design. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. You make, am I making sense? And see, that's why life is so difficult. It's because we have disrupted God's original design. When we chose to be disobedient and sin entered the world, this, this whole thing got disrupted. And now it's difficult. But here's the good news I have for you is that the disruption create, messed up his design. It's been disrupted, but it has not been destroyed. Because the good news is God looked down at what we broke and said, I'm going to fix it. Come on. God looked down at what we broke and he said, you know what? You broke it, but I'm going to take it upon myself to fix it. That I refuse to allow my design to lay in ruin. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to step out of the chaos I'm going to step into the chaos of, of earth. I'm going to engage the disruption. I'm going to leave the comfort of heaven and come down and just join you in the disruption so that I can begin to set it back the way I intended it to be. And the moment Jesus stepped into this planet, he began his plan of restoring his original design. And when he went to the cross, he dealt with everything necessary to deal with the eternal consequence of our disobedience. When he shed his blood, he made the sacrifice necessary to deal with that disobedience. And one day he's going to set it all back right. One day he's going to restore his design. And it won't be for a little while. It will be for eternity. And then what we get to experience for eternity compared to the little blip, the little mist, the little vapor that is our lives, the eternity in the design will be worth the difficulty in the disruption. But here's the reality. That's all well and good. But I know you're thinking, well, Pastor, what, what, what do we do now? Because, you know, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go today. 
to quote the great Joe Diffie. I just did that. I don't know. Some of y'all are like, who's Joe Diffie? Y'all the only service that got that. I guarantee you that right now. Now I just got Joe Diffie songs in my head and I can't even preach. Because see, accepting Jesus deals with the eternal consequence of our disobedience, but it does not make us immune of the effects of the disruption. And, and maybe somebody lied to you along the way, like, oh, you accept Jesus and everything will be great. And lucky charms will fall from the sky. And it'll be all rainbows and unicorns. But that's just not reality. See, we still have to deal with the effects of the disruption. But the good news is that Jesus did more than just come to die for our sins. See, what he now has created is created opportunities for us now to have everything we need to handle the difficulty brought on by the disruption. So it doesn't crush us that you can endure, that you can journey through this life. And even though it is difficult, it does not have to destroy you. That you can walk with hope of what's to come, but you can also walk through this life. And no matter what it throws at you, if you know Jesus and follow Jesus and love Jesus and follow the things that Jesus has put into place, you can have everything you need to weather any storm. And one of the great things that he gave us to help us endure the difficulty brought on by the disruption is people. You see, relationships are part of the remedy. Relationships are part of the remedy. That part of what God has designed to help us endure the difficulty of this life is he's given us people to surround us to help us carry it. Because here's, here's what you need to know. Now because of the disruption, life is going to be too difficult for you to do alone. Life is going to be too difficult for you to do alone. Every one of us. That the disruption has created such a difficulty, it has created such a burden for you to bear, that if you try to carry it by yourself, it will swallow you up and spit you out. And the sooner you learn that in isolation you will not survive, the better you will be. Relationships are part of God's remedy. And see, this is what I also believe. The church is supposed to be the place, the atmosphere, where we find those relationships we need to make it. Like the church is supposed to be this place where we come and we get to know people and build relationships and form the bonds we need in order to help us carry the burdens of this life. The church is supposed to be that. Who knows it hadn't always been that. Because see, here's the beauty. When Jesus left, see, you know, Jesus started this whole church thing. This was his idea. Like, he, what he, when he died and he shed his blood, what he did then is he made us right with God. He, he fixed the vertical relationship, but he also gave us the opportunity to be restored to one another. And not only be restored to, be, to one another, but to be bonded together. Because see, now when we believe in Jesus, we can have nothing else in common, but we now share him. 
that, that you can look around the room and, and, and you may think there's not a single person in this room that you have anything in common with. They don't look like you. They don't talk like you. They don't know what you've been through. But the one thing you share is Jesus died for you and them. Amen. No matter the color of their skin, their education level, the amount in their bank account, the clothes on their back. Like if we don't have anything else in common, Jesus died so that we could be bound together by his blood and create this beautiful thing called the body of Christ so that we could have a place now where we could come and build relationships that are vital to our survival, that are absolutely necessary if the difficulty of this life is not going to get the best of us. And you see, by design, God created us for community. Do you, Actually, even go even before the fall, even before the disruption, the first time God said something wasn't good is when he looked and saw Adam all by himself. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a suitable helper. And now even more so that the disruption has come and the difficulty has increased. And now you and I are going to have to face things because of that that are too big too difficult, too complicated, too heavy for us to try to do alone. And don't think just because you showed up here tonight and you sat in that seat that you're automatically a part of the church. Because see, church is not rows of people, it's circles of community. See, it's easy for you to sit in here, get in here, not talk to anybody. Hey, how you doing? I'm at church. <laughs> Amen. Peace out. See y'all next Sunday. And that's how so many people create church. You know what? We didn't create a church just so we could draw a crowd. We created a church so we could build a community Amen. of people bound by the love and blood of Jesus Christ to experience something special. And you see this all throughout the scriptures. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Paul says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens that as you come together as the body of Christ as the church one of the responsibilities you're going to have is carry each other's burdens you notice what it doesn't say it doesn't say fix each other's problems and too often I think the church has misread that scripture the church does not exist to fix your problems it exists to help you carry your burdens because the reality is, there's, there's a lot of problems you're going to face that I wish I could fix as your pastor because I love you, but I can't. But I'm glad that Paul reminds me that it, I'm not called to fix your problems. I'm called to help you carry your burdens. That just adding maybe one or two or three extra hands to the load that's on your shoulders maybe, just maybe, will make it a little bit easy for you to navigate this thing called life. Ooh, that's good. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. That if anyone thinks they can do this by themselves, they deceive themselves. If anyone thinks they can walk through this life without anybody's help, they deceive themselves. If anybody thinks that they can be the healthiest version of themselves without a community of people around them to give them support, care, and encouragement, they deceive themselves. 
And aren't you glad for a church that's willing to step out of the box and give you an opportunity on Monday night to come and find a family at church? Come on. Supposed to be a body. Paul would continue this on. Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12 where Paul kind of talks about this whole thing and he uses this physical body as imagery to talk about the body of Christ. To, to help us further understand that like you can't function independently without people around you. Check this out. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. I'm, I'm just... A, I, I, I'm just... A hand. I wish that was a foot. I know I'd smell different, but at least I'd be more useful. And see, so many people realize that. We look at ourselves, and, and, and sometimes maybe we avoid the church, or we avoid the body, or we avoid stepping up because we look at ourselves, and we think what we don't have to offer. We look at what we don't have to offer, and we look at ourselves as in comparison to other people, and we, we just don't know where we fit. And can I just tell you, you fit. I don't care what your, your background is or, or how talented you think you are, you fit. I'll even tell you this, you belong even if you don't believe. Right. See, we're somewhere along the way, the church made you convinced that you couldn't belong to us until you believed like us. And I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. That the church, the body of Christ, is supposed to be a place where you can belong even before you believe. So I don't, if you're here tonight, and maybe you don't believe like we believe yet, welcome to a place where you will still be loved. you still are free to worship and our prayer is that the love of Jesus to the people in this community falls all over you so much you just think we're crazy <laughs> verse 16 and if the ear should say because I'm not an eye I don't belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. See, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So no matter who you are, or what shape you are, or what you think you are, like you all have a part, and you all are equal, and you all are this special puzzle. And if somebody lifts your piece out, the picture is incomplete. Amen. Then check this out, verse 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So that means that like when we do community the way God intended us to do community, when one hurts, we hurt. That when one is suffering, we're suffering. That the body of Christ should suffer together, rejoice together. And that's why when we look down at the coast and see our brothers and sisters in churches in Newburn and churches in Wilmington who are hurting and suffering, that's why we respond. Amen. 
And may we never celebrate the suffering of another body because we are all one in Christ. And I don't care what the name on the church sign is. We are all on the same team fighting against the same enemy for the same purpose called by God. So let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. See, we were built, we were created for community. Life is too difficult for you to try to do it by yourself. And the church is supposed to be the place that offers a safe atmosphere for you to come and build the relationships you need to help you carry the weight of the burdens that are eventually going to come your way. That's who we're supposed to be. But I'm not naive. Number one, I know that's not who the church has always been. And I know there's some people in the room, when I say relationships are part of the remedy, you're like, nuh uh. Relationships are part of the problem. <laughs> because for a lot of people in the room, your greatest, set, your greatest source of difficulty are people. And you say, Matt, like, I get all that, man. And that's cool, all that scripture you read. But you know what? Like, the greatest source of difficulty, the greatest source of pain, the greatest source of hurt in my life have been relationships that have broken and almost broken me. But can I remind you, like, that's relationships in the midst of the disruption. And I'm convinced that the only way relationships can decrease the difficulty is when they're driven by the design. That if relationships are really going to be the remedy, we've got to get back to approaching relationships, approaching people the way God designed we approach people. See, your relationships will be formed and shaped by how you see people. Because how you see people will determine how you treat people. And how you treat people is ultimately how you form relationships. Am I making sense? And see, so many of us, our relationships have been part of the problem because somebody either approached us from the wrong perspective on relationships or maybe we entered in relationships with the wrong perspective. And we look to and for relationships that were not aligned with what God designed relationships to be and if relationships really are going to become the remedy then you and I have to own how we see and treat people that you have to it has to start with us that if relationships are going to be what God intended them to be then we have to make a determination that all right from now on I'm going to approach people in a different way I'm going to start seeing my spouse and my kids and my coworkers and my friends down the street. I'm going to see them a different way because I'm going to be the one that starts a new revolution of relationship that actually begins a circle of something powerful and helpful in my life instead of something negative and hurtful. And you know what you got to do? You said, well, when they start, I'll start. 
See, for far too long, we have lived in reaction to the behavior of others instead of in response to the call of God. And if we really want to make relationships the remedy, then we got to stop reacting to what people are doing and start constantly responding to what God has called us to do. And the good news is we don't have to look very far to figure out God's design for relationships. We don't have to look very far to see how God desires we approach people because Jesus was the demonstration of the design. God said, here you go. God makes it so easy. He said, you want to know how to treat people? You want to know how to approach relationships? Here's my son. He's going to live on this earth for 33 years and be a demonstration of how you're supposed to treat people. And the stories of his life will be written in the Gospels for you to read them for the rest of eternity so that you can learn how you're supposed to treat people. So you want to know God's desire and design for relationships? You look no further than Jesus himself. That God said, here's a first-hand example of how I want you to approach people in this world so that you can build the healthy relationships that he desires for you. And before Jesus left, look what he said. Look what he, he told the disciples. John chapter 13, verse 34. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus said, here's what I want you to do. Like, Jesus, what, how do you want us to love people, Jesus? The way I've loved you. No, nah, for real, Jesus. Like, seriously? Like, yeah, I want you to love. Like, like you're talking about my family, right? You're talking about the people that are nice to me. You're talking about the people that, that look like us. No, 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 like everybody. You do realize that, right? Like, li living and loving like Jesus is not, it's not some little switch you just get to turn off. It's not a little thing behind your ear, like, nope, not today at work, cutting the Jesus off. <laughs> to everybody. Look, I like how Paul wrote it. And look at Philippians chapter 2. And I just remind you, pa Paul writes this while in prison. That's a new perspective. You need to keep this in mind. That what I'm about to read you, Paul wrote in prison. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's about as clear as the Bible can get. Come on. In your relationships. Which relationships, God? All of them. In your relationships, in your relationship with your spouse... Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationship with your kids, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationship with the atheist at work, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationship with the Muslim that lives down the street from you, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Like in all your relationships, 
approach them with the same love and care and compassion of Jesus. How different would the world be if we lived that out, church? It says, who, in very, being, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He's humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. That Jesus, when he lived in this world, he didn't do what he could do. He did what he should do, always. Anytime Jesus, anytime anybody, remember when they spat on Jesus, he could have said, boom, your head just fell off. Like he had the power at any moment to rip down from that cross and send the entire resources in heaven on every person that had ever did, did him wrong in any kind of way. But see, Jesus didn't live in reaction to the behavior of others. He lived in response to the call of his heavenly Father. And he wants the same for us. Amen. What if we actually were willing to see like he sees and love like he loves. That's how he wants us to approach relationships. And I think then and only then will we be able to create the kind of community that he desires for us to have. Life is too difficult for you to do by yourself. You need other people. Or the difficulty brought on by the disruption will destroy you. You need other people. Josh Bowers, will you come up here for a second? Y'all give Josh some love as he makes his way up on the platform. See, the Bible tells us that the devil is like this lion that's prowling around looking for someone to bower. Y'all heard that passage? Yeah? It's in the Bible. Read it. It's good. It says the devil is like this lion prowling around looking for someone to devour. Y'all ever seen National Geographic? It ain't pretty. Because you know what the lion always looked for? The antelope separated from the herd. You know why? He's the easiest target. So when you're out here... You're a cute antelope, Josh. Anyway... Because see, here's the thing. At this point, out here isolated by himself, the enemy can attack from so many different angles. And Josh is never going to see it coming. See, this is what I found in my life. The devil never attacks from here. He comes at you like this. Y'all like my lion? <laughs> right? Anybody testify to that? Amen. Like it's like from the people, from the sources that you never expected. And see, as long as we exist out here, isolated, alone, on an island, we are a sitting duck. And eventually, we will get devoured. So what God said is, I'm going to create the church. Matt Lynn, Ben, Tony, come on, come on. Cody, come up here a minute. So this is what God said. What I, want, what I need you to do, man, I want you to come. I want you to stand right in front of Josh and face him. Tony, I want you to stand right behind Josh. Ben, would you go on the other side of Josh? Cody, would you stand on this side? See, 
But God says, I'm going to create the church. And I'm going to give you a community of people. That their job is to surround you. To cover you. To bathe you in prayer. To give you support and encouragement. And to be there for you when you need them. And see, now when the devil comes around, he looks around and he thinks, Oh no, Josh got an army now. And on every side, he's got a brother of faith who's covering him, praying for him, supporting him. He has his back. When, they, when that phone rings, they answer. When they need him, he's there. And they share this responsibility of protecting Josh. So the enemy looks and says, no, not him. Because he's surrounded by the community he needs. And now getting to him is going to be so much more difficult now. See, the devil is like a lion, but one of the names of Jesus is the Lion of Judah. And when you accept him, you become a part of his tribe. And so when the devil comes at you like a lion and he roars, you answer him with a roar of your own and say, Come on, brother, get some. Because I got my tribe. And you can come at me if you want to, but you're going to have to take us all. Thank you, guys. That's what God's design is. His design is not for you to stand out here isolated and alone all by yourself on an island trying to do this thing called life without any help around you. You cannot do it. You can't. So today's the day to swallow your pride. And tell somebody you need help. To stop trying, even if it's just one person. Some of you are carrying a burden deep inside of you, and you've been carrying it by yourself for so long, and before you leave tonight, you need to grab somebody and say, can I just talk to you for a minute? And remember, their job is not to fix the problem. Their job is to help you carry the burden. And may we be a church that represents Jesus so well that we create an atmosphere that the kind of community that we all need is actually possible. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Now is the time for you to do some work. To let God speak to your heart and respond to what you've heard from the Holy Spirit tonight. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that means, you know what, you really need to change your perspective and start treating people better. Start treating people the way Jesus would treat people so that you can have the kind of relationships that he desires for you to have to build the community that you need. Or maybe you're that one that needs to let the walls fall down and let other people in so that you have the support, encouragement, accountability, and prayer in your life to help you navigate all its difficulty. Would you quietly and reverently stand to your feet with me as I pray and as we prepare to worship? Would you use this time? We don't do this song at the end just to bookend our service, but we believe that now as we worship, that the word has gone forth, it's time for us to do some work. And so if you need to come and you need to pray or if you just need to sit there, maybe you need to go grab somebody around this room and pull them off to the side and have a conversation. Father, I pray that right now in this moment you'd work, that you would do what only you can. You would speak to hearts, change lives. 
and move us in whatever direction you're calling us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.